Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, yet still call that the UK Geek Podcast, largely comprising of science fiction, fantasy and horror talk. This is episode 405, recorded on Wednesday the 22nd of September 2021, and the time at the beginning of the show is 23.23.57. I'm sure a lot of regular listeners to this podcast would bet their bottom dollar that I would not be recording this, that I would miss another show. But no, here I am, and I am doing it. Things have got a little out of sequence, but I am at least taping two shows a week now. Tonight, I'm doing a double header. I'm going to be talking Doctor Who right now, before the end of midnight, hopefully. And then the next show, after the stroke of midnight. And that will be the weekly geekly catch-up. And probably a little more relaxed and less specific than this revisit of Doctor Who. Yes, another one. Tonight we are talking about Doctor Who, the Pirate Planet from 1978, just what I said, the Pirate Planet. Wow, that is almost guaranteed to send plosives into my microphone. Let's briefly recap on the state of the rewatch. The reboss operation from the last pod, pod 404, coincided with Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> and so yes, I was unbearably faux piratey because this is an irritatingly space piratey themed podcast. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice seems to be going already. And today we are revisiting an entire planet under the control of a space pirate. Permit me one last R matey. As usual, let us zip through some notes. The fourth doctor is played by Tom Baker. His companions are Romana, played by Mary Tam, and K9 voiced by John Leeson. The director was Pennant Roberts. The writer, Douglas Adams. Yes, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy man himself. The producer was Graham Williams. And regarding locations, oh boy. We are all over the place. There was on-location filming at Berkeley Power Station in Gloucestershire, Coity Mountain, Gerley Fallon Railway Tunnels, Monmouthshire Golf Course, Big Pit, Blick E. Garn, and the National Showcave Centre for Wales. Judging from what you have heard of me butchering those place names, those locations were in Gwent in Wales and were filmed in May 1978 and also the Gloucestershire location 
filming took place in May 1978. There was also some studio filming at Shepparton Studios and BBC Television Centre TC6 in June 1978. The Pirate Planet was story 099 and was serial 2 of season 16 consisting of four 25-minute episodes broadcast from the 30th of September to the 21st of October 1978 and followed the Reboss operation which we just covered in pod 404. Just like last time, I could not find anything of any great significance that happened on that day in 1978, the 30th of September. Most frustratingly, both the Rebos operation and the pirate planet missed the date of my birthday. (laughs) And didn't even bookend my birthday. Just omitted it altogether. I think that's an unfair oversight by the BBC. As usual, let me tell you what happens and then I'll move on to what I thought and some trivia. Using the tracer device from the White Guardian, the Doctor and Romana track the next piece of the Key of Time to a supposedly desolate and cold planet called Califrax. Instead of a miserable place, they actually find a rich and comfortable world, though it is also a dictatorship ruled largely by the mysterious captain, and also occasionally menaced by a psionic group of cultists called the Mantiads. The Doctor is later captured by the captain's guards, and discovers that the planet, which is named Zanak, is a hollow world that predates on other planets by materialising around them. Unfortunately for us Terrans, their next target is Earth. We also find out that the captain is not even in charge but merely the puppet of the planet Xanax's ruler, the ageing and evil queen Xanxia. We find out that what happened was, when the pirate captain's ship crashed on Xanax, the queen saved his life with many operations, turning him into a cyborg, and since then has been using him and the remnants of his ship to strip mine planets bare and use their resources to, and this is her ultimate plan, transfer her personality from an aging husk to the young and pretty nurse's body she has created. The Doctor later discovers a room full of the planets predated upon, not entirely destroyed, but compressed and very small. That includes 
the planet that they were looking for in the first place, Califrax. Califrax turns out to be the piece of the key that they were looking for. Hence, this explains the previously confused readings from the key tracer. When Romano would point the key tracer and it would just be for everything. It seemed like the piece that they were looking for was everywhere. Unbeknownst to the Queen, the mad but brilliant captain intends on sabotaging the stasis fields suspending her original body from death, thus killing her. But the plan goes awry, and she kills him instead. The Doctor uses the TARDIS to disrupt Xanax's materialization around the Earth, while the Mentiads sabotage the engines. The Doctor, Romana, and the Rebels storm the Captain's bridge and kill the Queen. Finally, the Doctor fixes the Hollow World by expanding most of the compressed worlds into the centre of Zanak, which creates a pleasant planet for the freed natives. The planet that he was after in the first place, Califrax, he sends off into space, where he will pick it up afterwards and extract the second piece of the Key of Time. That is it. Let me tell you what I thought. Well, obviously we are continuing the MacGuffin hunt in the second mission to retrieve another part of the Key of Time. Though in this story, there's much less pantomiming going on. The story is fairly direct and to the point. As it is a Douglas Adams story, there is quite a lot of comedy, but the comedy is fairly dark. That's something that people don't seem to understand about his other work, particularly The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, it is funny, but it is a pretty dark story, and so is this. I was immediately struck by the look of the city, which seemed very reminiscent, to me at least, of the Castrovalva city from the Castrovalva story, which we will get to eventually, because it is story 116 and serial 1 of season 19 from 1982. So we have a little time travelling to do before we can get to that. Yeah, there is definitely something a little Escher and maze-like about that city. Or maybe it's just the fact that they didn't have enough money for unlimited sets. So there's a lot of walking through the same bit over and over again. We also find in this story the usual joke of the Doctor not completely understanding the TARDIS and being a bad driver of the TARDIS. We see this from the way that Romana seems to know more about the operation of the TARDIS than he does and doesn't tend to send it hurtling into a crash. The concept of a planet spaceship eating other 
planets is very similar to the concept of cities consuming cities from Philip Reeves' Mortal Engines series, and perhaps the both of them are allegories for industry destroying the environment. On the subject of shrunken planets, the Battle of Ranskor Avkolos from New Who in 2018 with Jodie Whittaker as a doctor also has a shrunken earth. Next, and we touched upon this <laughs> at the beginning of this episode of Crash, and that is the captain. Speaking as a slightly demented captain myself, I would say that the pirate captain of the pirate planet reached at least nine on the maniac scale. Well done, that man, and well done, the actor who portrayed him. That actor was Bruce Purchase, born in New Zealand. You've seen him in loads of things over here, and quite a lot of nerdly stuff like Doomwatch, The New Avengers, Doctor Who, of course, but also Blake 7, Quatermass, The Tripods. He was just all over geek television. Still, talking of the captain, was I the only one who thought that the cybernetically rebuilt human was very similar in look to Saw Gerrera from Rogue One. He even had this kind of breathing apparatus around his nose. He just seemed so very similar, and also he was a raging maniac as well, just like Saw Gerrera. Other modern things I was reminded of, one of those was the captain's shoulder-mounted Deadly parrot slash hawk drone robot thing. That reminded me strongly of Michael Rooker's Yondu Udonta's psionically controlled arrow from Guardians of the Galaxy. On the other hand, we see him in film more recently, but his origin actually predates Doctor Who by quite a gap. His first appearance was in 1969, in Marvel Superheroes, issue 18. The captain's main henchman, the obsequious Mr. Fibuli. Or is that Fibuli? I can't remember now. Anyway, the chap played by Andrew Robertson has a uniform, and that uniform more than slightly resembles that of a Star Wars Imperial officer. One of the scenes I really enjoyed is when the Doctor disables an inertial neutralizing high-speed walkway, which sends the guard pursuers smashing face-first into a wall. The Doctor says, Newton's revenge and, of course, goes on to explain how he helped Sir Isaac Newton discover gravity. Over dinner. You really have to appreciate those science combined with comedic moments. K9 says, Danger, Master, danger, like Will Robinson's robots in Lost in Space. 
He also says, regarding Romana's better people skills, she's prettier than you, Master. Which is true. I'm sorry, Tom Baker, but she just is. Still with K9, I enjoyed the robot versus robot battle between him and the captain's parrot slash hawk slash drone. I thought it was especially funny when he destroys the drone and then presents the doctor with the dead machine like a dog fetching a pigeon that the dog has previously murdered. Finally, there is a lot of blowing stuff up and pyrotechnic effects. It's all very, very James Bond, which in itself is not unusual for Doctor Who, but I feel that it's been a while since I've seen an ending like that. Those are my brief thoughts. I could go on like this for hours, but we only have a certain amount of time, and I've got another pod to record, so let us move on to trivia. As I said at the top of the show, Douglas Adams, author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, wrote this story, along with City of Death, which he partially wrote, and Sharda, the famously incomplete, but later salvaged, and the dialogue was added, and animation was thrown in, and that was released in 2017. So he does have some form with the Doctor Who series. Douglas Adams was also notoriously late on delivering writing, and could be slightly difficult to work with. His relationship with Doctor Who is no different. He reserved novelization tie-in rights for the Pirate Planet and any other thing that he did on Doctor Who, but then just sat on them until he had, in his own words, run out of things to do, which never happened because he died. Much, much later, an author called James Goss wrote the tie-in for The Pirate Planet in 2017. And that, my nerdling friends, is it. I do hope that you enjoyed my revisit of The Pirate Planet from 1978. The show that you just listened to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You find more about me or get in touch at roymatur.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen Recommend it to a friend, if you like it, or an enemy, if you hate it. Either way, I win. Or click on the contact or support link on the website. Via that support link on the website, you can actually tip me a few galactic credits. And that's it. Thanks for tuning in. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek Podcast. Captain, oh God. This was episode 405, recorded on Wednesday, the 22nd of September, 2021. And the time at the end of the show is 23.59.
18. Thanks for listening, everyone, and bye-bye for now. Or at least bye for a couple of minutes, because I'm coming back to do the next episode. Bye!